Good morning for the Met Radio Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan LaCroxy, and debuting on the show, I've got actor Andrew Brown. How you doing? Hey, Donovan. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Where are you from? I'm in Los Angeles, California right now. All right. All right. Originally, though, to our listeners, you have a story because you're not from Los Angeles. You're from... Oh, yeah. Like many of us people current living in Los Angeles, I uh, ventured around. I was born in New Jersey, spent some time in Texas, but I mostly grew up in a small town in the Central Valley of California called Oakdale, California, also known as the cowboy capital of the world. All right. All right. All right. So why don't you tell our listeners, how did you decide to pack your bags and say, you know what? I want to go to L.A. and follow my dreams of being an actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I've always done theater. I loved it. And I was always very scared to pursue it as a uh, as a career. When I went to college, I went to college in 2011. I went to UCLA for a, uh, a degree in anthropology and public health. And my idea was to pursue a career in marketing for nonprofits and uh, with a public health mission. So I, I did that. But while I was at school, I did a lot of theater and I did a lot of film, some directing, some writing and mostly acting. And I had a great time doing it. But again, I was always timid to dive into that as a means of like, you know, a career. It's a, it's scary. And I talked myself out of it for years. I went back home to um, Oakdale, Modesto, and started a life. I, I bought a home. I, I worked for a really wonderful company, a nonprofit hospice up there in the Central Valley. I loved the mission. I loved working for them. And then a couple of years in, and this whole time I was doing theater with some wonderful theater companies that are up there, like my favorite one being Prospect Theater Project, which is a gem in that community. Out of the blue one day, I was talking to a dear friend of mine who's a musician here in LA. And I called him, you know, a couple times a month just to chat and catch up. We've known each other since junior high. And he was having someone move out of his home in LA. And he said, hey, why don't you come down and I'll rent you a room for $400 a month. And I thought that's too good to be true. And after talking it over with some people I respect in the industry, uh, some directors up in Northern California and some actors who are currently in Los Angeles, I decided to make the dive. And I rented out my house. I quit my job, packed my bags in November 2019. And then two months later, or well, I guess four months later, the world shut down <laughs> from COVID. But during that time, I kept active. I um, actually went back up north to spend, to ride out COVID, which was supposed to be two weeks. And I uh, kept my room reserved, paying rent. And then when the world, you know, started to return back to normal, I came back down to Los Angeles. But I kept active during the pandemic. I was able to even do some commercials during that time, took a lot of classes, did online Zoom theater, tried to make the most of the situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Were you depressed in the, co in the COVID-19 pandemic? Did you struggle with depression or wondering, will I ever work again? Oh, 100%. I think the majority of actors did, if not every actor. It's especially going from this high of like, I'm going to start anew. I'm going to, you know, dive into this career I've dreamed of for years and years and doing all this prep work, quitting my job. I mean, I did, uh, for example, I read a lot of books about the industry before making the full commitment. And just two or three months before I moved down there, I went, I, I learned about typecasting oneself and and um, knowing your type before you go to Los Angeles. So I printed out a list of 100 adjectives and I paid people a dollar on Santa Monica Pier to circle the adjectives they thought of when they looked at me, their initial reaction. So I did all this prep work and it took me you know, multiple trips down to Los Angeles and back and forth. 
just for it all to be kind of like taken away in an instant before I really got my my feet wet. So yeah, I was I definitely had some bouts of depression throughout that time. Mm-hmm. But like you said again, you were still working through the pandemic, right? Yeah, you know, um, I used it as a time to hone what I what I could at home. So we, we I did I wrote a uh, sketch and we filmed it via Zoom, and it actually got a little bit of like TikTok traffic, which I was happy about. We also I, I filmed some other stuff too. We uh, what else did we do? I took some wonderful classes that were offered on Zoom that I thought would be beneficial for me at the time, and I enrolled in some theater projects that were taking place, you know, virtually. So you just you have to keep working during times of lull. Like right now, for example, um, the strike is a good time for actors to to take classes, to hone skills, to heck do things we don't get time for normally like go make a doctor's appointment and uh deep clean your house and things like that i think it's important to stay busy so you keep sane Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now let's talk about what type of actor are you because we talked about typecasting right Mm -hmm. so what type of actor are you and explain to our listeners what is typecasting because we've heard actors talk about being typed cast yeah so um i think when you're first and that's it goes without saying, like, and, and from what I've read from people like Bonnie Gillespie and um, Erica, oh my gosh, the caster director Burshop, um, they post a lot about knowing your type. And that's important when you're first starting out. For example, if we were flipping through the channels and I'm five, eight, you know, 180 pounds, I wear glasses, I, I have no tattoos, and I wouldn't be cast as the six foot two bouncer, right? right. I, I don't think, or the uh, the hardened bicycle gang member. It's just not a type that you would see me as. So knowing what how you would be seen if you're flipping through the channels is important when you're submitting for roles. So when I went out to Santa Monica Pier and I had my, I dressed up in what I want to take my headshots in and I had this list of a hundred adjectives and they range from, you know, <laughs> sociopathic to charming and everything in between. Um, I was a, I took all the information that was given to me. So I, I interviewed 20 people, 25 people actually, and I put it all into a spreadsheet. I still have it somewhere to look for it. And the ones that popped up most were charming, uh, nice, neighborly, kind. Of course, I had some outliers of people just circling stuff, but that was very few. People were actually pretty honest from the most part. Um, so those are the roles I look for when I'm submitting for a project. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't waste the casting director's time and my own time. You know, it doesn't matter an actor's range if they can or cannot play, you know, a um, a bouncer or a drug addict or someone experiencing homelessness or whatever it may be. Most actors can play all of those things because they have the talent and the craft. But it has to do with, you know, this is a visual media and you have to be able to represent it. Right, right, right. But for our listeners again. What type of actor are you? Are you the sad one? Are you the happy one? Are you very dramatic? Are there roles you will not play? Will you kiss another man? Will you not? Uh, I I am comfortable with any kind of lovemaking scene. (laughs) It it doesn't bother me one bit um, that, you know, I'm a member of the LGBTQ plus community. So that doesn't, I don't know, I just... As long as the other person and me have, you know, consent and we talk about everything, I'm totally fine with it. If it plays to the script and it's important to the to the role. Um, so that's fine. Uh, what kind of actor am I? So during that bit, I got a lot of charming. So like charming neighbor, honest boyfriend, loyal partner. I got a lot of those kind of adjectives. 
Okay. All right. And those are in your projects or no? Yeah, definitely. Sometimes for sure. And like, of course, it's fun to play against type too. I like, and when I was, I did a piece for uh, this film called Slash the Rep Party. It's available on Amazon Prime. It's a campy 1980s horror flick. Um, it's okay. It's, it's It was a fun project. Um, it's And I played a real cocky jerk who's a total douchebag misogynist. And that's, as an actor, those, those roles are interesting to play too they're rewarding to play as well but it doesn't really go against the type i get cast here in the larger market of los angeles mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now let's hear more about these projects what do you call in case people want to watch them do you want to talk more about the stuff you're working on and you do some writing and directing on the side yeah so um let's see out there right now i'm in slash lorette party on amazon prime uh, that's a fun, like I said, campy slasher, 1980s throwback film. Uh, some wonderful actors are in there too. All people I actually grew up with. Um, Molly Souza plays the lead and she's phenomenal. Ginger Lynn Allen, who is in House of a Thousand Corpses is on there and they're all great people. Some things that I've written, uh, I do a lot of sketch comedy with my writing partner, John Trujillo. He's my, my friend who called me down here. He's a musician in the area. And uh, you can check us out on YouTube. It's Jacobo TV. It's J-A-C-O-B-O TV on YouTube and TikTok. <laughs> we just have fun writing. We have been cracking each other up since we were uh, in junior high school. All right. So it's fun. We, we, we sit down together and we'll hammer out a script. And then we try to, you know, make it for little or no money if we can. And we beg, borrow and steal props and people and <laughs> help everybody get involved. We work really closely with a couple of great um, directors of photography, Dam Zampa and um, Dustin Tuggle and his wife Ashlyn Tuggle and they really help us out that with some great stuff is online if you want to check I think it's great <laughs> some great stuff is online I'm also in uh, a couple other shorts that are on the festival circuit one is Last Ga- Last Gas that's that's a television series but it, it did some work on the festival circuit as well um, and let me think out loud uh, a fixation that is another piece that just finished the festival circuit. Uh, That's a really wonderful piece about um, uh, fidelity and infidelity and um, the struggles of being in a relationship in the modern age. And outside of that, I just joined a theater company uh, called Firefly Theater Company here in Los Angeles, and they put on some wonderful work. I did The Maiden's Prayer with them, which was a, I love the experience. Mm -hmm. They are the nicest, kindest group of theater people I've worked with down here. And up north, I still do some marketing work for Prospect Theater Project up in Modesto, who will always have a special space in my heart and still do. I still work with them. They're wonderful people. Jack Seuss is the artistic director up there. And I've done so many plays, I can't even remember them all. But some highlights have been The Grapes of Wrath. That was Tom Jode in Grapes of Wrath. And um, Death of a Salesman, I played Bernard. Uh, Watch on the Rhine, these beautiful plays that they did. I, they mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now talk about the day in the life of you know being in the circuit festival in case our listeners want to know sure so i've submitted films to festivals as well it's i have mixed feelings about the festival circuit to be honest with you okay i think it's a great place to earn some badges to showcase your work but at the same time you have to be very careful there are a lot of festivals out there that are just pay to play you pay some money and you get a, a ribbon that says you're that your film was at a festival, which I don't really think is how fest- film festivals should be. Um, and 
I think it does like a disservice to a lot of films, but the ones who are out there that are really great, some festivals that I enjoy are Dances with Films. All the big ones, of course, you know, Canes and um, South by Southwest and all those ones are wonderful. Um, But some local ones in LA, Dances with Films is a wonderful film festival that I had the experience of going to a couple times. They're a filmmaker's festival. They have a lot of meetups and workshops and mixers. And I had a really wonderful time working and showing my work there. So you submit your film to the festival. And when that's all wrapped up, then is your chance if you want to show it you know, somewhere like YouTube, because a lot of festivals don't want you to put your work out there already, like on public access like YouTube or wherever it may be, Vimeo. They want it to be showcased just for the festival circuit. So um, yeah, that's the, that's the process of that. And then you can go to the screenings, watch your production, and a lot of times they have a talk back with the cast or talk back with the creative department of mm-hmm. the of the show. Mm-hmm. How are how are the talk backs? Fun. Um, I enjoy them. It and nerve wracking at the same time. <laughs> I like being an audience member during those, and I also I don't mind being on the panel. It's fun. I like to talk about the creative process. I love giving glints behind the scene and sharing funny stories about what we've done. Um, yeah, I, I I like that kind of stuff. I think it's a cool way to show audiences, especially people not in the industry, what goes into a project. The first one I was ever part of was my first film. It was called It's Fine for Ducks by uh, Rob Britton. Ooh. And he, he's the man who kind of opened me up to the world of film, actually. Before I was strictly theater, he cast me in my first lead role in um, in a film alongside my twin brother, actually. Oh. Um, oh. I, I played his best friend. He We, had a, we sold out this 500 seat theater for our premiere actually it was a 700 seat theater for the premiere of a wonderful talk back at the end and the way he approached directing in the film world has definitely guided me and the way he handled that talk back was really wonderful too and um he was able to give great insight to the process of filmmaking and make it a very make make it very understandable for anybody to to comprehend Mm, all right. So again, like you said, you just have to be very careful with some of these film th- film or TV circuits, right? Film festival and TV yeah, and, circuits. And that goes with any, there's, there's a million things in the world of acting and theater and film that try to separate you from your money, mm. right? <laughs> As with any industry. I mean, there's classes out here that will, um, they're all snake oil salesmen, you know, to take this class and you're guaranteed to get this or whatever and whatnot. And that was something that um, luckily I haven't experienced yet firsthand, but I hear horror stories from actors. So it just, and they, they prey a lot on people who are new to the industry or new to LA or new to like one of the big markets like Chicago or New York. And it's a shame, but you have to read reviews, check with other actors and you should be okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot more good than bad, I think personally. Right, right, right. And what's your encouragement to younger actors, let's say, that are starting in theater and maybe they blank on their lines or they're performing in front of a large crowd and they forget or they get nervous? What can you encourage them coming from a theater background? Well, um, that happens. And it's totally normal. It happens to everybody. It happened to me last night in class. I yeah, 100%. It, it's, it means you're in the moment. That's what it means. Um, Take a breath. Remember that it may feel like an hour of silence to you on stage, but it's really probably a couple seconds and it's okay. Take a breath. Yeah, I have definitely given the panic eyes to my other actors on stage. Like, help me, help me now, because <laughs> I don't know where I'm at. It It is nothing to beat yourself up about. And value the process of rehearsal. So during that time, really focus on the script, focus on your objective in the scene. 
and you should be okay. And as long as you can understand the objective from the scene, the memorization will come. And if the chance happens, which it will happen, we've all done it. We've all, you know, have, you know, smudged a line or forgotten a whole line or a series of lines. Don't beat yourself up about it too hard. Okay. Cause the, the cool part is, and this has happened to me every single time this has happened the next night or the next, you know, take, you're not going to forget that line. Cause you are now you forgot it. Like, Oh shoot, I have to go back and you're going to review it and you're going to be okay. Mm, mm-hmm. And you can do it right. hundred percent. All right. Even if you have ADHD and you forget that line again, you can do it. Oh yeah. I, you know, I know tons of actors who have ADHD and um, the, you're able to, if, with a proper rehearsal that's geared towards you, you'll be okay. I, I you know, I know actors who, who have a uh, dyslexia who have really trouble memorizing lines and reading the script, and um, they're they're wonderful because you have to learn the way how your mind works and how you can achieve what you need to do to be performed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not all directors know how to teach that, so it's something that you have to kind of come prepared with, which can be daunting. But once you get a system that works for you, you'll have it forever. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said not all directors. Did you just want to emphasize that again? Because there might be some other actors and actresses listening saying, wait, but they, that's the point of the director to help me to come into myself. So directors are not acting teachers. I, I had to learn that the hard way a couple of times. Directors are in charge of composition. So how everything looks. They're in charge of morale, making sure everyone's you know okay and safe and yada, yada. And they're in charge of performance. And a lot of directors don't know how to talk to actors, unfortunately. I'm not saying all of them. I've had wonderful actor directors who know how, who communicate with me, who what I resonate with. And I've had actor direct, and I've had directors rather who um, we don't click with, but you have to find out what they want, even though they may not be communicating it in the way that you're used to. So I was just given this advice yesterday by an acting teacher. He said, when given a note, number one, one of the greatest strengths an actor can have is taking a note and taking direction, right? So if a director gives you a note, like try this X way instead of Y way, Um, take it and take it to 11. Okay. So really push it out there. This way the director can go, okay, that was good. Now meet in the middle because some directors don't have a vocabulary or don't have, or, you know, they're, they're busy worrying about 10 gajillion other things to focus on one actor's performance at this one time. So it's good to, um, pay attention during notes and push yourself to go above and beyond so they can gear you back in. It's easier to pull someone back than to push someone to go bigger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can do it again. Other actors and actresses, you can do it. A hundred percent. Now, what's your message to your followers and your fans that love you? They've seen your work and they enjoy everything about your work. What do you want to tell them? Sure. I, uh, <laughs> for anybody who follows my work, uh, thanks. I mean, I, I I love putting out sketch comedy and we have a you know a decent following checking us out online. And uh, we love to hear from you. I love to hear from people. I, I may not, I normally don't love to talk to people right after shows because I get too, I don't know, what's the word for it? In my head about it, I guess. But I, I have read messages from people, people who come and support. I think it's really important. And this goes without saying, go and support your local theater. Whether you live in Los Angeles or you know, Vermont, it doesn't matter. Go out, support and watch local theater. Um, the actors there, it, my, myself included in this bunch, we, we need your support now more than ever. And every day it gets more and more crucial. So we appreciate the ones who come out and, and um, you know, lend their dollars and to, to buy a ticket and, and watch us and sit with us and enjoy a night of theater. So 
please continue to and spread the word and and sign up and go look at your local theaters productions and watch what they have in store because I promise you it's be better than most things are in the theater right now and it's it's going it's giving money to your community which is right there for you mm-hmm. and a quick message what do you want to tell the writers and the actors that are on strike right now and still trying to work out something to go back to work what's your encouragement to them stay safe stay safe out there um I know there's union busting tech uh, union busting techniques happening um, I know they trimmed tr- trees for shade. I forgot the exact studio they did that at. So they're all marching in the sun. Stay hydrated. Keep strong. Uh, I'm with you as you have the support of a lot of others. And um, hopefully we'll be able to come to a resolution that we can live with soon. And uh, But stay strong until then. All right. Did you want to throw out your social media platforms in case other actors and actresses have questions or you might gain some new fans? Yeah, sure. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram at the, that's T-H-E, underscore Andrew underscore Brown. And on TikTok, it's the same. Um, you can go to my website. It's andrewbrownactor.com. Uh, send me an email. Let's connect. Let's work together. I like co-writing projects. I enjoy producing as well. Um, I love to meet other creative people and I'm happy to meet you in advance. All right. All right. Any final things you would love to say to Met Radio Toronto? Met Radio Toronto, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Donovan, thanks for reaching out. I'm very honored. And uh, best of luck with this project. All right. All right. From Met Radio 1280 AM, I would love to thank you. Can throw out your name again, actor, sometimes writer and director. Andrew Brown. Thank you, and thank you to the listeners for listening to this episode.